0: Alright, uh, yeah, welcome, everybody, to episode number 20 of The Hockey Toolkit. I am Trevor Carlo. I'm Andrew Trimble. And we are both sick, so, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was, but we both caught something in two different areas of the country, so, but, uh, flo-
1: floating over yeah. the uh, northeast corridor of the, of the United States.
0: It's just like that smoke that came from Canada that was, like, Basically, like turned us all in a haze out here. Do you guys Why even not? get hit by that?
1: You know, my 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 mom said she's down in New Jersey, and and she said she's like, oh, are you, you seeing all the the smoke and something? And I'm like, no, it's clear skies in New Hampshire, so it, it must have bypassed us. Well, I mean, now. I don't know.
0: Jersey though, there's always like a natural haze there, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> <I> mean,
1: <that's laughs> yeah, good point. Shots good point.
0: fired. <laughs> Could be
1: anywhere from from. Uh, on the turnpike from from New York down, <laughs> down to Carteret, <laughs>
0: that's, the, that's just yeah. But uh, yeah, Coach, how you been? It's been uh, been a while.
1: Yeah, you know, we got my my summer's really in, in in right in the thick of it now. I got my camps going on, uh, and I had a summer team, and and uh, we got about two weeks or so before the, our players arrive. So um, just rounding that summer stuff up, then getting focused for our season ahead. How about yourself, Trevor?
0: Uh yeah, you know, I mean it's like the summer flew by. Um and like I mean in a good way and a bad bad way because I feel like I definitely am you know, wish there was a little bit more time. Uh yeah, like a little bit more time to relax. I wish I would have taken like a little bit more of a break, but um I am excited though to jump right in. We actually just started this week to have our first uh preseason skates. So nice. I got a bunch of just nine year olds just Barfing their brains out, just you know, gasping for air. No, It was nothing like that. But uh,
1: bag, bag yeah.
0: skate Monday, bag skate Monday and Wednesday, Coach Trevor. Uh, <laughs> but no, I no, we had our first two, um, like thirty kids total for their 2014s. Uh, yeah, 2014 birth years, which is fantastic for us. So, um, yeah, it's been you know, it's been a good start uh, already preseason wise. So I'm looking forward to. Uh, what the regular season's got coming up here. But uh, you said to get the boys coming into town here in two weeks?
1: Yeah, we got everybody in billets. Uh, so that's that's, that's always a big, yeah, that's always scary. You know, like you just got to keep grinding away at that stuff and, uh, you know, communicate what the experience is all about to people because a lot of people have res- reservations. They think they got to drive kids everywhere. They think they got to uh, do their laundry and stuff like that. And it's really not like that. The kid, You know, we tell all our kids who are living in billets that, you know they should be contributing to the household more than the household contributing to them. That it's it's an opportunity to have that experience and to be in someone else's home. So you got to make sure that you're, you're doing the right things on and off the ice, and you're you're, you're playing a part and a role in their family. So um, we got our last couple ones fit in the, the other day, and and we're ready to get get rolling.
0: That's awesome. No, that's great. I mean, I I can only imagine. I mean, you, you I see it all the time on social media uh, for junior teams you know they're always looking for billet families so the fact that you guys are uh you're not even you're not scrambling last minute uh that's fantastic
1: well yeah, there's always people who have suggestions i love that you know they're always like oh well why don't you just put get them put them in a house together.
0: oh god no
1: it's like <laughs> well, you said it right there yeah it's like you know you don't want five ten fifteen unsupervised 18 <laughs> oh, 19 year olds in a house it's what a it's frat like house is called. yeah exactly so you know, we we still stay with a lot of billets. We do have some rentals, but we only do really do those for returning players we know, and uh, those are actually pretty supervised too because the landlord lives next door. So um, I think we do it do it right in a lot of respects up here. No, nothing's ever perfect, and some kids will still be knuckleheads, but we do the best job we can.
0: No, I couldn't even imagine if I would have went out and played junior hockey and like lived in one. Of the, you know, the hockey houses. Like I played college hockey, like and again it was like division like ECHA division two. And, like, the guys that had were from all over the country that had played juniors were playing on the D1 team. Like, they all lived in the same, like, like, I guess you could say, like, apartment complex area. And it was just, like, it was it would get silly at times. Like, just Absolutely. the stupid stuff they would do. And, I am like, it was just – yeah, I think I was, like, out there a couple of times and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay home on the nights that I don't have to be out there or, like, don't have, you know, whatever because <laughs> – like I don't want to get arrested. Uh so yeah, so a uh, silly silly time, but yeah, that's that's what you do when you're young. You get arrested. No, I'm just kidding, I never yeah, arrested. But uh well, yeah.
1: <laughs> well I, I always say like you know, and kids they they're they're they look like they're adults, but they're not adults. <laughs> I mean they're not adults. They may they might be two hundred pounds, might be six foot two, but You know, they're not going to clean up after themselves until they get a wife who tells them what to
0: do. (laughs) I'm 34. I look like an adult and I act like a kid. So it doesn't (laughs) even matter. So like, I mean, I think we, I think everybody's just grown up kids in some way. I mean, I remember when (laughs) when I was young, I'm like, man like oh so you know uncle so-and-so or whoever's like oh man he's like 30 yeah he's a he's an adult and i can only imagine the st- stupid stuff they were saying i mean like i am at this age like as a 34 year old i'm like i feel like i'm still like in my 20s i look wish i looked like i was in my 20s but uh yeah but uh this is <laughs> not a vanity uh vanity uh podcast it's a hockey podcast but
1: uh well I, i'll tell a funny story so like uh so at my, my dad's funeral, i started, started telling a funny story. Wow, yeah. Of my dad's funeral. We really went oh. dark, yeah. <laughs> no, I not mean to do it like that. Easy there, but Anthony Cheselnik.
0: So-,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, gentleman, Mr. Lempa, comes up to me, and he's he's um, he's a high school teacher with my dad, and uh, he was also coached freshman football with my father. So we're sitting there and talking and reminiscing, and he's like, I, I don't know if you remember me. And it's like, of course I remember you, Mr. Lempa. You were my... High school science teacher. I remember you, of course. And uh, we get going back and forth, and we we're telling some stories. And then I said, well, Mr. Limp, i got to tell you a story. I know my dad coached freshman football with you. And uh, he said that every day after practice, you would go up to the high school, walk up to the high school locker room, and if you beat him to it, you would moon him in, <laughs> front, in front of all the kids on the way back into the locker room. And that was uh, probably 1976, something like that. Yeah. And I don't think you could do that anymore. No, I'll get you he turned to me and he said you know we're all kids at heart yep
0: (laughs) well yeah so well we've we've already really hit all the list of things that we shouldn't hit in the very first seven minutes so uh thanks for everybody for listening I'm calling my lawyer Trevor DiCarlo and (laughs) but uh yeah, no, it's, uh like I said, it's good to be back, episode 20 here. Um, so, again, I've been seeing a lot of your, you know, stuff on Instagram and on Twitter of all the stuff that you guys did. Um, I like that you guys had the, you know, you guys did just one tournament this year, uh, correct? Yep. Yeah, for sure, summer at least. Uh, and it sounded like it went really well.
1: Yeah, so I, I really do that summer team as, as a camp. I have, uh, oh, that's I right, have three, right. three practices and some workouts. We do chalk talks, and then we go play the tournament. I, I hate the idea. And, it you know, every kid's different, but it just doesn't work for me um, to do tournaments like every weekend. I just want to do like <sighs> yeah. a snapshot of like six days, and we build a team together in a short period of span, and we do well. And, and the kids, the last couple years, they've done really well at that tournament, so it was a fun experience.
0: No, that's great. It's uh, Yeah, we've had uh, a couple players this year, or one player for sure I know that I have. Uh coached in the spring, he was doing something uh like doing did a couple different camps. but I mean, the kid just eat eats and breathes hockey, and uh you know he loves it so and the parents just they watched it and like they were just making sure like okay, like. If at any point we can tell he's getting like really burnt out then we're gonna pull the plug here, you know. But yeah. the kid just loved hockey, so I mean yeah, I think it's I think it's a good uh good thing that uh, good thing to do. But I'm trying to think really, I mean recently well, I mean outside of you know, Rocky Wirtz dying, I'm trying to think about like NHL wise, like what's been going on there and I don't think there's really much besides Carlson getting traded to uh the Penguins.
1: That's big. Do you think they're a contender now?
0: I mean, I think they were always going to be a contender, no matter what. I mean, when you, I don't care how old Crosby is; like the guy is still, you know, him, Malkin, Um But I, I really think it's, you know, they say you need like three to four star players on your team in order, like they've been f- saying, like you know, that's what the stats, you know, the analytics are saying, but. I think it depends on their age. (laughs) You know, it'd be like, like, oh yeah, like okay, sure. Can I pull Wayne Gretzky out right now? And like, is that (laughs) count as a star? But, um, I, I think, I think they are. Like, you know, I, I think they're still up there. They're a year after year. They're consistently a contender. It's just, I don't think you know Carlson really just puts them above and beyond. I don't think they're like one of those teams where his impact does that. Still great hockey players. I think they're still going to be a great team, but. I, st- I still think the East is really... A, it's a really tough division. They have to... Or conference to even you know, play in. So, I don't well, know. Like what do you think?
1: Out of all those teams and who's in and who's out, like, you know, um, Capitals ended up being out by a handful of points. They were eliminated within, like, a, you know, the last yep. two weeks or so of the season. But the Penguins really got eliminated within the last couple of days. Uh, who's in and who's out?
0: I mean... You can never count out Boston. I mean, I still, even with Bergeron retiring, um, I still think that they're going to come back and they're still going to be one of the top in there. I mean, so you got them. Tampa Bay, still. I mean, they haven't lost anybody, really. Um, You got them. You know, you still got the Panthers. So that's, you know, the Panthers now have emerged as one of the top teams. Hopefully they can make next year they make the playoffs that far a little bit more exciting. Uh, Toronto, I mean, can't count them out. So you still got Toronto. So that's, you know, four right there. Uh, let's see here. You know, it depends on what the Rangers really do. I mean, I think they're they're still in that conversation, so that's what, four now? So then we got it pe- five, I think, right it five, yeah, so you still got the Penguins, so that's six. Carol- I mean, absolutely Carolina, that's seven. Um, and I mean, it's a toss-up. I mean, the Capitals, as you said, like I think they knew, like they accepted they weren't going to go far if they were to make the playoffs, so I think they kind of did a little bit of sell-off and tried to reload a bit. Um. So I mean, it could be them, maybe. You know, I mean, they're definitely in there. I don't know where really Columbus is at too much. I mean, I know that they spent a lot to get uh, oh, uh, Goudreau out there. So you know, and I think they also kind of retool in the off season a little bit. So I know what I'm about probably
1: that team. What about that team? Ah, uh, uh, well, I the know. Yeah, I know.
0: I know, but I know. I just literally, I was just like, as soon as you said what, I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I was just bagging you, really. Uh, no, for sure. The Devils, I mean, they're going to be contenders for, God, years to come here, uh, which is awesome for you as a Devils fan because you get to watch that, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, it's again, East is tough. It's, uh, you, you're not going to really get too many free wins. uh, Like the West, where if you play Anaheim or you play the Sharks or you play the Blackhawks right now, and those are going to be some easy points, but. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, even Detroit. I mean, they they've got to be right around the corner too, with all the players that they've accumulated the last few years. Um, I mean, they've got to be like right there.
1: I think. I think. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo all make a push this year. Oh,
0: Buffalo, yeah, and Buffalo too. Yeah, I mean, again, there's just so many teams.
1: Yeah, I think the Rangers are on the cusp there. I don't know if they took a step ahead this summer, and I don't. And I think Boston lost a lot of guys, so. This could be the start of the rebuild for Boston. Whether they whether they still they might still squeak in, but it's they're getting at the end of that that road.
0: I mean, you can't Bergeron for sure could play, could easily play again. I mean, guy put up almost a point per game this year and won the Selkie again. I mean, they're renaming the trophy probably after him. So I think that uh, yeah, I mean, it it sucks that they lost that he's retired. Um, I think it would definitely be you know. Having him would make a huge difference, but I agree. I think they're like they're gonna just make that one last push, and then they're gonna probably just go through the rebuild process like everybody else's had got to, and uh, all good things come to an end. So, but uh, absolutely, but yeah, no, your devils. I, I, you know, I didn't. I don't even know. why I didn't give him credit, but I, after dirty smoking them, the town of uh, New Jersey, the city of New Jersey already. But uh, yeah, no, they're gonna be. It'll be fun. I think it'll be a good year. And this year, I'm actually like. You know, I'm excited about hockey, and I'm excited about watching hockey because you know and I haven't had that in a while for a while. Like for myself, hockey with it just you know, as you know, it's your job. You know, it's like asking somebody. You know, when I was working in a full time, you know, my my buddy Eric Hoffman would tell me he'd be like, you know, i would be like, oh, do you watch hockey at home? And he's like. It's like no, why would I? He goes like I leave the work, you know, I worked for the Rochester Ice Hawks. So like I leave there, and I do that all day, and then I'm gonna go home and what? He goes no. He's like I actually got into soccer. I was like what? And he goes yeah. He goes think about other professions. Do you, like accountants go home and watch like accounting TV shows and stuff like that? And I'm like I don't know. I know a bunch of girls that are nurses that love Grey's Anatomy, but outside of that, um <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I, I did. I have. I've taken a kind of a step back, but now that I've got all these damn streaming options. uh, I'm actually looking forward to watching hockey this year more than I have in the past, and the Blackhawks actually have a reason now to watch a little bit more too. So,
1: for sure, I think that really ignites that fan base. You know, you get you get a chance to get get a generational player like Bedard. You're gonna he's he's must watch TV, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's excuse me, the buzz out here is pretty big about going on. Um, You know, and everybody's just really excited and again it's, i don't think the hawks are too you know they're, they're a couple of, definitely they're not contenders but they're uh you know they got one of the best farm systems in, or pipelines in the league starting now so uh looking forward to it I, I think we'll be uh where new jersey is in at least two years from if not th- well two to three years from now but uh yeah for sure. but yeah so what uh you know well, one,
1: one thing about my camps this summer not to segue too quickly but no uh, yeah always my puck skills camp i, I give kids uh street hockey ball i write their name on it it's part of their their stuff that they get at camp uh we still use those franklin uh nice. orange street hockey balls those are great though they they don't really bounce they're not that if they do hit you they don't hurt crazy hard they're not like those really really hard ones um and they're easy to stick handle and they roll roll on any surface but i did buy some new um i didn't buy like any any green biscuits i bought this other kind of puck i was trying out this year and they were total garbage they were like, and I won't give away the name, but um, they bounce everywhere. They're terrible, horrible. Oh, man. They're just the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so uh, we, the kids, love the Franklin shiokki balls, but they don't like these other pucks, which we were trying to use for different drills. Um, and that brings us to our topic of the day about hockey products. Uh, what are some of the hockey products when you were growing up that you remember using and that were really fond of?
0: I mean, again, you said Franklin hockey balls. I mean, we had the orange ones. Then we would have the uh, you know the ones that they had that like the white ones but they had like the neon like kind of like it looked like sp- yep. paint splatter on them um, you know we, we had those we had you know the, the nets that we would get like the Franklin nets or whatever or even shinny sticks stuff like that but I mean I really remember using um you know the, the Franklin hockey balls and then we they had the uh what were the. The smart hockey balls, those are the ones that were like, oh, they mimic—they literally mimic the same weight of a puck and they move the same way. And I'm like, they do, like, because they're a ball. But, um, yeah, we used a lot of those. And then, um, you know, that just for training purposes, that's kind of the stuff that we used. Um, but I mean, like, also products wise, um, you know, a, a, the big thing that kind of we started using, obviously, was, uh, you know, like stick wax. Um, but also, um, like the Swede stick, you know, for a quick sharp, try and, you know, sharpen your oh, stick yeah, quickly, yeah. which, like, was hit or miss. I mean, really, you just need to get your skate sharpened. But, I mean, it, it helped a little bit. Um, but, I mean, outside of that, I mean, trading equipment, you know, God, I mean, we don't have, like, the super deekers that those kids have nowadays, but, I mean, like, what did you use growing up, if anything?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I did a lot of street hockey growing up. So we always had the Mylek, uh, mm-hmm. the Mylek gear. We always had the Mylek goalie pads. We had the sticks that you could – Make into a banana curve, yep, uh you know those were Gym great. teachers hate them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> um recently in the last couple of years, i bought we had a we had one of those uh triangle shaped rebounders yep. which um had like a had the um long elastic or rubber uh but I, I found that a lot of the pucks when you passed it too hard, it would get Slatter. stuck underneath, yeah, so I purchased and I forget the name of the company, but I purchased a solid block of rubber that has, it has a handle on the top and it's made out of all metal. It's pretty heavy. Yeah, I've seen those. And those are fantastic. Are they? Um, Okay. Yeah, they're great. Like you can, you can pass off those, you can create rebounds off those and then they never get stuck underneath and you can, they're easy enough to carry because they have that big handle on top. Um, So that's a recent purchase, but um, growing up, I mean, I remember, you know, John Patterson down the street, you know, I lived on a block that had like. 48 kids in, in New Jersey <laughs> and I remember he actually built nets like with out of wood oh that's awesome and he pull, pulled them out one time and we were like oh my gosh those are amazing and they broke probably a, a couple of days after But then he made <laughs> he made his own PVC nets, yeah like yeah and then we used them in the winter and they cracked yeah all sorts of stuff so we had to get rid of the PVC and we eventually somebody got like those metal nets and those were great
0: yeah that's what we uh yeah I mean we went to the PVC ones and it was like it was just like, all right, it's only a matter of time until this thing's destroyed when you're taking clappers like <laughs> five feet from it. But yeah, the metal ones. But no, yeah, I mean, the, uh, yeah, I mean, you really kind of hit the nail on the head there with the products and stuff. Uh, you know, like I said, I remember when, you know, kids nowadays, you know, again, they got the super deaker where they're, you know, they got to follow the pattern and this and that. And they've got, those are really know, cool. they got all those different toys and stuff now. And again, I think I'm, you know, as a, as a coach, I'm more of a, i'm a fan of uh like some of them um some of them i think are just kind of just like just more crap on the ice that you got to clean up afterwards (laughs) um you know i think one of the big ones um god i'll forget it and i don't know why i forget it but what was the one that mcdavid really made really put helped put them on the map Power Edge Pro. Yeah, your P. Yeah, your Power Edge Pro, your PP You know, like that one. You know what's funny is how many knockoffs I've seen in those are in rings. Oh, like, too. yeah, people just make their own now, um, and you don't have to buy the Power Edge Pro where you're there, where you're obligated to like host a clinic or two using it, and you get to keep some of the pros Like, no, guess what? You can just make your own. Um, you know, so I. I mean, I don't remember too much. I, I remember hey, we had a coach who had. Um, a couple different, like, different, like, they were metal. <clears throat> the purpose for them was so that you would have to go around them with your knees bent, and it was, like, kind of like a, I want wouldn't say a gate, but how they were made, it was, like, it was a piece of metal that you would have to skate around, <clears throat> and it was set up so that it, lay, or it stayed flat on the ice for the bottom part and then up in the middle so you could skate under it. So, basically, it was, like, like reinforcing like the knee bend, which all I really had to do is like tell you, okay, you're gonna skate around here and go to that cone, and you gotta just like put a stick over there so you bend your knees. But um, and outside of that, we really didn't use when I played it was just cones, and uh, that was it. Like we didn't have any of the stuff that the kids are using now.
1: In terms of equipment, too, like um, you know, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on some of the weirdest things you've ever seen in terms of the on ice equipment. I, mean, I remember a couple years ago as it's probably more than that. Like ten, twelve years ago, they had that Messier helmet, which was supposed to be concussion proof. Remember that one? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I wonder how like, that lawsuit was... worked.
1: <laughs> it was not a, not a good looking helmet, which is always no. that's you know it, if you're gonna if you're gonna cover up the flow, you got to have good looking right. good looking helmet to put over it, a good bucket. But um, it also it's impossible. I can't. <laughs> there's nothing concussion proof.
0: No, it took us so long to figure this out, but. Uh, like, p- p- equipment-wise, I mean, I don't think... I mean, I remember... I do remember that, um... You know, like, the sticks that had, like, the holes in the middle of them. The dumbest, like... Like, not even... Not in the blade. On the blade? Not the blade. Oh, no,
1: I remember. Yeah, the, the Datsuk one,
0: yeah. Like, that was the dumbest thing in the world, I thought. I was just like, why would you... I mean, they were expensive as hell. Like, it wasn't even, like, yes. close to being the same price of even a decent composite stick. So, um... They had those that were pretty dumb. Uh, but, I mean, equipment-wise, you know, I've seen different things. I've seen coaches use – you know, I'm fine with – I'm okay with parachute, tr- like, training and stuff. It just has to be done under, like, the right, um, you know, direction, like, like purview of a coach. Um, yeah. Like, and the coach actually knows what they're doing with it. Um, I've seen some coaches bring out, like, basically, you know – you. It's like velcroed around you, like a band that velcros around you, and then they like put it on the bench, and basically like your it's resistance training. And again, yes. I think it's good when it's used properly with the proper athletes, but when you've got kids that don't even have you know adequate stride structure yet, and you got them using it, it just looks like you know it's more or less a show for mom and dad. Um, yes,
1: and then the well, other in, in, in that one and that's cut you off too much. But no, uh, i me off it, as much as those... you need to. <laughs> I get one, I get one per night, but because no. I, I I remember I watched one a uh, thing like that in Denver this year, and somebody's using it for resistance, and I've seen it used in the other direction and been really effective. So, you know, if you're if you're skating against like a um, uh, what do you call it, a bungee cord or, yep. or a rubber band or things like that, if you're skating into it against it, uh, there's mm. a really bad chance to get injury to fall back if it's if it's aligned with your chest or your neck. To fall backwards and hurt yourself or yeah. snap into your gooch or do something really, yeah. really painful. Man, but if worst. you use it the other way where you, where it's over speed training, where you're pulling with it, yep. it causes your legs to go faster. And that that is a really helpful way to do it. But I see so many people use it incorrectly.
0: Right. No, and I think that's, again, people – I think mean, you got too many people out there who, you know, like they're they, – <laughs> They don't know the science behind the stuff, so they're just using it to however they think it looks good or it might work. Which, you know, I guess, you know, trial and error has helped us a lot as a society over the thousands of years that we've been on this earth. But, uh, I don't know if I want to be doing trial and error with, uh, you know, peewees, bantams, midgets, you know, stuff like that. I don't think I want to be doing that, like, with training <laughs> wise. At least with, you know, objects and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that, yeah, that one, that one surprises the hell out of me. I mean, you know one another product that we had access to we didn't use I never used it but like my step brother did and a bunch of my teammates did uh was a skating treadmill um yep. that was kind of that started to really kind of take off I think in the real early 2000s um but I I've seen some coaches take out uh wagon wheels and use those on the ice cuz they're like oversized like looking pucks like same, pretty much same dimensions okay. and it, they what they're doing and I get it. I mean, it somewhat makes sense. Is they're basically using it as okay? It's a little bit of like a, a little bit heavier than a regular puck. So like that's one way they use it. But they also use it to watch, have the kids watch the spin as the as it comes off their stick blade. So like as they're ma- making the pass, you can they can see it spin like a regular wheel, which obviously is you know as a coach trying to teach. I'm sure you just went through it the last couple of weeks with camps and stuff. You know, some kids just think. Passing the puck is slapping it, and it doesn't matter if it's flat on the ice or, well, they don't even know flat on the ice. They just think it's like, oh, hey, I got it to my teammate. I don't care that it looked like a wounded duck getting to him. Like, you know, that's, uh, so like they use those, and then, you know, they're teaching the kid, okay, roll your wrist, roll it from heel to toe. And I mean, even this week, like, I, that was one thing that I was working on was like, we had a passing station, and our, uh, you know, preseason skate not, that i was running and i was like you know certain kids like i'm like guys like again they're they're nine years old so this is like a good time to teach it but you know teach it in heel heal the toe you know roll your wrist over a little bit that's why it's you know instead of it going at your teammates like ankles and shins like if you roll your wrist over you know it's not going to do that so much so i've seen like just little like tire stuff like that which i actually thought that was cool and that's not even a hockey like i don't think you can find anywhere that sells like you're not going to new you know Pure hockey to find hockey, you know, wet, like wagon wheels or anything like that.
1: <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I never heard of that 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 idea. That's 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 a, that's a new one for me. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So, but and then obviously the the green biscuit then obviously took the cake on everything and that's made everyone's lives a little bit easier. Um, yeah, that's a good. Yeah. So, I mean, my opinion, that's it. But uh, you know, product wise, uh, what uh, you know anybody that's selling any type of product any around here?
1: Danny Cangelosi is the uh, one of the owners of Mister Lemon Stick Wax, and he's going to join us on the podcast here to discuss his playing career, some of his uh, um, observations from the game, and then also about Mister Lemon Stick Wax, the new product he has coming out. All right, welcome to the podcast, Danny Cangelosi. Danny played junior hockey, and then. Went on to a college hockey career with Chatham University and Newman University before embarking in professional hockey. He's now working in, um, for a hockey product company called Mr. Lemon Wax. But before we get to that, Danny, I'd love to ask you, uh, in all your hockey experiences, you know, we're talking about hockey products today on the podcast. What are some of the products that you remember using when you were a kid that kind of helped you either development with your game or help that
2: uh, helped you on the ice in terms of your performance? um probably the first uh first of all first thanks for having me on the podcast this is my first podcast i've ever been on so it's it's kind of kind of fun to be on a podcast you know feel like uh, a joe rogan experience or something it only takes 20 (laughs) minutes to get on we're all good here buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) we don't got a bouncer at the door here
2: (laughs) it's funny i'm actually going to work as a bouncer after this podcast is over so that's uh that's interesting no but probably the first uh first hockey product i got was a like one of those real steel Nets, I got it from Costco. It was like a USA hockey net. Um, put that bad boy in the backyard, and then so they have like the I think it's called like an X passer, the where you pass it off the puck off the little rubber band they started off as, and it would pounce it back to you. And it had like a little sheet that you could screw into synthetic ice. Um, it was a little pricey when it first came out, so I went to Home Depot and we got a sheet of plexiglass and we got two screws and we screwed two hockey pucks into the plexiglass and we put a uh like a bungee cord around the two hockey pucks and made our own little X passer there. And that was the first little hockey tool I used. Um, really? But uh, yeah, a little homemade homemade uh, X little pass back on synthetic ice. So
1: we're going to yeah. explore a little bit of that, that DIY, um, you know, venture into, into making your own <laughs> hockey products. But in terms of the stuff now you use that stuff off the ice, that's great in terms of, you know, the net and, and the passer. What kind of some of the products that you used when you were a player? What kind of stuff were you using in games? What kind of tape? What kind of wax? What were some of the best products you ever had?
2: Um, You know, I I was never like a branded player for the tape thing. I think up until probably like peewee year when it was acceptable still to, you know, use color tape and, you know, have some flames on it when you're going out on the ice. So tape that up <laughs> with like an American flag tape or maybe some flame oh, yeah. tape and, uh you know, get after it without a uh, fear of fear of uh, retribution and and perhaps judgment from teammates on the color of the tape going on <laughs> on the ice there, zebra stripes or something. Um, but tape wise, that um, funny enough with the Mister Lemon Stick wax thing, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, I never even I didn't use wax until I probably got to junior hockey and college when it was uh, kind of free. And they would hand it out, and I was like, okay, what the heck is this stuff? Because I don't have to pay for it anymore, and um, put it on my stick. And, you know, that was the wax I kind of went to in college, was whatever they had in the locker room, which was usually Howie's Hockey Wax. Um, seems to be the, the giant um, on the Hockey Wax market, the originals, perhaps. Um, and then other than that, hockey products, I mean – some Gatorade every once in a while, you know, the <laughs> ice keep the electrolytes going through. And uh, that's, that's, that's probably about it. And then just, you know, off-brand stick, maybe one model down like an ST grip or something from Easton. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: that's, that's good stuff, Danny. Now yeah. just to talk about hockey uh, in, ter- in terms of your playing career a little bit, tell us a little bit about some of the, you know, you, you, you moved up through junior hockey pretty quickly and then you, you were at new uh, at Chatham for a couple years and you transferred to Newman and then you played uh, in the federal league for a number of years. Tell me a little bit about your hockey experience and if you have any words of advice to kids who are beginning that journey.
2: Uh, so the hockey career is, was super long. Obviously it it started, I don't know, probably five years old with double blades on double blades on the pond that you strapped onto your shoes, I think was the first set of hockey skates I had. And then I got thrown into some learn the skates and apparently I did well. So I continued on with the hockey route and went through travel hockey and club hockey all the way up through high school, played one year of junior hockey, played, um, you know, most of my first, my, well my only season of junior hockey with the Philly Revolution and then came up uh, obviously up there in Laconia, New Hampshire to New England Wolves, finished it out, uh, got committed to Chatham University, a first year team in the NCAA Division III League, um, played there for a year and a half, then transferred to Newman through a contact that one of my buddies goalie tending there came over there a little closer to home, um, played there, finished a career was actually just work. I was working down by the beach and one of my same buddy who brought me to Newman asked me if I uh, had any interest in trying out for a federal hockey league team, went to the Delaware Thunder. um, Was definitely an interesting experience at the Delaware Thunder, (laughs) but it was cool to play in, in that arena in front of some fans and then, um, I actually got to touch the Southern Professional Hockey League for a hot second, bounced around three different teams there, and then bounced back to the Federal League to finish it off. Um, I actually came back this year. I was working an accounting job in Florida, came back after that, you know, not wanting to sit at the desk full time. Um, came back up, played one game this year, uh, played one period. And got a uh, got a couple games suspension there, and uh, you know, <laughs> and then that was that was actually the last that was the last game I played. So <laughs> I figured I might as well hang up hang up the skates on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could give any advice
1: to a kid that uh, you know in your experience, any any advice to a kid or parent uh, who's navigating
2: that journey, what would be that advice? Honestly, it, it's something that I got into a little bit later. I think than maybe. I even realized it, but mental side of, you know, it's not just, you know, everybody's kind of doing, everybody now, it seems to be a standard of, you know, if you're not doing an off-ice program or you're not training in the off-season and, like, doing, you know, lessons or camps or all of these other different um, avenues of improving, like, physical performance and on-ice skills and skill set on the ice, um, I think one of the things I developed a little bit maybe later was – I actually started watching the game and like thinking about the game differently from just like going out and playing. So I would even start reading books. So how can I make my mind sharper so that when I'm on the ice and I can make a split second decision, I know what I'm going to kind of do just through rhythmic so that where it ties in all the work that I'm doing on the ice. I'm working on improving my actual mind and how my connections and how I'm thinking are going to be faster and sharper and more mentally agitated. And then that also ties in with like nutrition side of things um, of eating better foods and, and tying into that. So the mental health, actual mental health of like, how can I improve my bodily health so that my brain's functioning at my best stability so that when I go on the ice, I'm my healthiest and all these other things and sleep recovery and sleep was probably sleep. If we could improve sleep for all those athletes, I think that would help a lot of people and a lot of decrease, a lot of injuries um, in and of itself. And like just being, Being able to recognize that, yes, you should be working out, but also rest is more important too sometimes than, hey, I just worked out for two hours. Now I'm going to go to a skate and then I have another team lift through my high school practice and then I have a club hockey practice following that and you don't realize that maybe you're having a good time because you're playing hockey and it's a freaking awesome sport, but you just skated and worked out for seven hours and you haven't slept and now you're going to be up till two in the morning doing your homework and then you got to get on the bus at six in the morning to go to, you know, go back to school and you're not going to get any sleep and quality sleep and all of those good things so that's that was a lot advice.
1: no that's yeah. good advice that's All right. A,
2: a lot of kids overlook that
1: stuff you know they don't really you don't it's a lot of trial and error when you're you you leave home for the first time playing junior hockey you don't realize what you're putting into your system is going to affect your performance but uh trevor what do you got for for danny
0: uh yeah i mean before you go do your roundhouse thing here
1: uh
0: <laughs> yeah you know uh uh not yet, whatever it is. Uh uh what uh oh basically I'll just cut right to it. I mean, you're the first first actual thing, uh product you are gonna plug here on the on the show. So let us know about uh give us a little rundown on Mr. Lemon Wax.
2: Yeah, so Mr. Lemon Wax, I'll give you the shirt, it's a short version of how it actually started, but uh started in Delaware. I was gonna sell frozen fruit on a beach, a lot of a lot of hoops to jump through with, with that regulation wise, little you know, some inner circle stuff going on down here that, you know, kind of hard to get onto the beach. Um, Ended up going down to Florida. I was going to work in accounting jobs. Still wanted to have a business, you know, on the side to kind of work towards that. I talked to somebody. They mentioned the idea of you're in Florida, Citrus State. Why don't you do all natural organic lemonade? Sell it at a farmer's stand. You only need a like a food truck permit, whatever. I got the whole business set up, was ready to go, had formulas ready, like ready, tested lemonade, ready to set up at farmer's markets. And I was like, well, I don't really... Care anything about lemonade? I don't even drink lemonade. Like you know, so why would I want to do that? And I was like, well, if I could do one thing right now for whatever you know, you don't have any money, you can just do it all day long. I'm in the getting into surfing and skimboarding again. Like really, uh really fun. I'm actually doing a skimboarding competition tomorrow, so that should be also hilarious. Nice. But, um, nice. So I so I skimboarded down to Florida and I was like, OK, well, I can make my own my own surf wax. It's not, you know, a couple of ingredients, beeswax, coconut oil and like uh, pine resin. Um, so I started well, messing and the around secret
0: with- and the secret ingredient. Don't we? That we're not going to allow the right, had to sign exactly. off on that one. But you yeah. can't
2: tell everything. But those right. are the main ingredients for a generalized <laughs> surf wax. Um, so I started messing around with that. And then I was like, well, um, I know sex wax. They sell it now as a uh, hockey wax. Uh, and a lot of people like it a little bit better than Howie's just because it's a little bit different stickiness and, and texturized and things like that. Um, so I had the idea of, OK, I obviously have a lot of contacts in the hockey world, more so than so in the surf world. Um, so I started accessing some of them and seeing like, you know, like feeling around. Would this be a good idea? Um, got some good, good feedback on it. Uh, Gotten in, got in contact with the logo artist who was able to design it actually for the Lemonade Company at first. It was Mr. Lemon Lemonade. Um, so we took Mr. Lemon <laughs> Lemonade and we took the same logo of a guy holding his thumbs up, replaced it with a hockey stick, transitioned it into a hockey player, um, put the logo on it, came up with a great logo that said Grip and Rip, got in contact with the supplier out in San Diego through another website that I got onto somehow Googling around, and like found these these suppliers who make the surf wax. But I got in contact with this guy and said, Hey, can we do a hockey wax? Um, which is, you know, very similar to like a cold water blend, but a little bit different. Obviously we can't give all the ingredients yeah, away exactly. on the podcast. Yep. Um, got in contact with him, gave me a couple samples. I like the samples a lot. Uh, decided to order a few thousand units and ordered it up and, Started posting a couple of TikToks and Instagram posts and, you know, going to a couple of different events, got it in a couple of pro shops up in North Jersey. Uh, people freaking love the product. And now we're kind of going through phase two. We just got another shipment in and trying to get as many, you know, teams supplied and people supplied and getting them ready for the season. And now we're, we're here trying to start a company up from the ground and, you know, compete with Howie's and a couple of these other sex wax brands and, you know, make our way in that way.
0: No, that's awesome. I mean, it's uh, I, I never under Like, okay, I like, I never knew what really like, you know, the sex wax. I'd see it in, in the pro shops. I'm like, this is not appropriate for like the squirts right. here to be using and stuff. And yeah. I'm like. I can automatically be like, yeah, you know what? I would rather have this, you know, Mr. Lemon Wax right. in my store than sex wax. No offense, sex wax. We probably now get about the Sunday, uh, <laughs> you know, a letter to shut us down. But uh, <laughs> it's all right. We'll come back with a different title, anyways. But uh, what uh, what do you think makes yours different? Um, you know, f- from those others like Howies and sex wax? What is there? What would you say would make it different?
2: I think that the freshness of it. You know, I say freshness as if it's a food, but um, oh, right. just it's it's being hand poured the entire time. So I don't you know, necessarily know what Howies is doing in their factories, but I, I guarantee that they're not doing a hand pour and, you know, like checking over. And, you know, maybe each individual block is not in and of itself the exact same shape. And I think that's what makes it kind of cool is that you're getting a handmade product from somebody overlooking it in the, in the actual warehouse, American made in San Diego. Um, someone who does it, someone who loves doing it for surfboarders for now hockey players who loves the idea of it too, um, loves the logo as well. And, you know, just the freshness allows, I think the wax to be a little bit stickier, a little bit longer lasting, I think, than all the other waxes out there, you know, based on our tests, based on our feedback and, and all the customers feedback of it so far is that it's lasting longer. It's a little bit stickier. Um, Obviously the videos show kind of the cooler side of things that you can do with it by pressing the puck on it. Um, it's just a kind of an exaggeration in actuality. You go out there, you're on the ice. That puck's not sticking to your stick while you're stick handling. You can get the puck off while you shoot just as easily with other waxes or with no wax. Um, yeah. You probably won't even notice a difference with it, to be honest. And the only advantage is if you do want to do some Trevor Zegra stuff and do some lacrosse style goals, it makes it a little bit easier to get that flat puck stuck onto the stick as well.
0: Yeah. Um, like, so yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I just tape the puck to my stick when I got to do that.
2: But uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, I guess I mean, the last thing I just wanted to, you know, wrap, tie it up is like, you know, what is, uh, if anything that you can think of, and I know this is really putting you on the spot here, uh, but you know, as a former, you know, junior college pro player, what is that really like that next step for you? Like where you're at now, what is hockey, if anything kind of taught you, over the years on trying to or at least help you like build this type of product. Granted, you've you played hockey, so you know what you're kind of looking for, but is there anything in and of itself, you know, like you know, that you can translate from one to the other just trying to build a product from the ground up?
2: Um, I think I mean hockey obviously is I don't think I think I could compare everything that I do to everything that I've you know learned or seen and experienced in my like hockey career and now in my I guess my call it retirement if you want to call it retirement um but always kind of was like and actually one of my partners uh his name is bill katinski he's he's a coach over in new jersey he's gonna be coaching at william patterson uh their team over in north jersey as well in wayne um he was kind of he used to be my trainer um at our next it was called next level a hockey gym he actually <laughs> excuse me um. <laughs> no he was he was really like influential with that stuff Of uh, we were always trying to figure out like you know little fitness how can we make this little gadget here how can we make this little thing here and make it big so that we can get out of kind of you know this seemingly rat race of working a nine-to-five job which you've heard that I quit two accounting jobs in the last six months because I felt like working at a desk job wasn't my thing and I think that I needed to be not in charge of what I'm doing, but, you know, kind of in control a little bit of that, my own fate. And, you know, like what do I want to do? What do I want to be around in that culture? So to develop a product that would allow me to kind of get out of uh, a lifestyle that I didn't want to live and and into more of a lifestyle of the culture that I want to be around and where I've been around for 25 years now, the hockey community um, kind of an awesome experience for me to be able to take a product and use it to, you know, hopefully in the future, you know, be at different experiences, be at different events, meet, tons of different people meet a whole bunch of different people in the hockey community and hopefully do some cool stuff. Um, you know, it's not just wax related and you know, a lot of mental health related and, and hockey related and development of young teenagers and young kids and making them into actual human beings and like better human beings. Um, so hopefully that will progress too, as we get bigger and, you know, keep those things in mind in my own head as I, you know, hopefully continue to grow the business as well. So right on. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, that's awesome, Danny. And, uh, you know, all the Wolves guys are going to have their Mr. Lemon Stick Wax this season. All of Best. our players are going to get uh, yeah. got, we got their box in there. So we're going to be uh, giving that out on day one. And we're excited to be using the product. And hopefully it increases our goal totals and also uh, helps us advance even further in the playoffs this year. Thanks, Danny, for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so Trevor, what did you think uh, of, of Danny and, and his new product?
0: Uh, well, first of all, thank you, Danny, for coming on. And I meant to say Roadhouse, not Roundhouse. Uh, roadhouse, because he said he was going to his bouncing gig. Um, what I think about it, I you know, I think it's great uh, that you know, as a you know, even I at this age, am always looking for something you know to do on the side that brings you in that, a little bit of that passive income, but or but something you might be able to turn into a full time job. And here's a guy who you know. He, you're not really a dummy if you're working at an accountant uh, as an accountant, and you know he's uh, he's decided to already hang up the boots on that to go with his passion here of selling that you know the, the wax for the stick. And you know, there's not really I don't see a huge market out there. Uh, and let me rephrase that I don't see a huge like you know there's not all these different competitors. Yeah, competitors. I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to see monopoly, but I feel like I'm using too many different business tools and. I, <laughs> yeah, he does. I don't see like there's too many competitors. I feel like there's like it's an open market um, So, I mean, I think it's awesome that he's you know found something that he's also passionate about You know, you said wakeboarding and surfing, you know, it's the same type of kind of almost like You know stickiness and stuff like that that you'd put on your boards um, so I just think it's awesome that he's found a passion That he can take something that he's passionate about and try and build, you know into it um and he's getting his foot in the door and he's already started making a, you know, a dent. Um, you know, that was my takeaway from it. And I mean, I, I liked what he said about, you know, his playing career and stuff like that. But I mean, again, just what can you do when you're away from the game um, and still be in the game, you know? So I thought that was cool. What about you coach?
1: Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I love that he's found a way to stay in the game and maybe do something that could, uh, you know, help kids when they're, when they're trying to handle the puck and, Um, in terms of the the actual application of the product, uh, our kids got some of it last year during the playoffs. They really liked it. Uh, He approached me and said, hey, would you be interested in in re-upping and and ordering some more? And I said, yeah, let's give it all to our athletes all year. They can use it as the exclusive stick wax for the Wolves. So we're going to have it out for our teams this year, uh, and kids are going to have access to it. And, you know, when you go in the locker room, it smells a little bit different when it smells like lemon, So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a nice benefit too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, again, I mean, when I when I started using stick wax was around uh, Bantam slash Midget, um, you know, we had we had Howie's and then we had like stick butter, I think it was called, where it looked like it was like a deodorant stick, you know, and that was about it. Yeah. Um, You know, and like I mentioned before, like they have this, you know, like the sex wax or whatever. And I'm like, I don't want like, I'm like, who, who thinks this is a great idea to sell this in a pro shop where kids are walking and like, come on. So I think like (laughs) once it comes out here in the Midwest, uh, even before that, I would definitely be interested in getting a couple tins just to kind of see what it's all about. But again, I thanks Danny for coming on, uh, again, first product that, uh, we're rep actually repping, um unless he doesn't pay his bill here before i post this and, and then our lawyers are going to tell him <laughs> that uh we're gonna have to censor his brand name out but uh no just I, kidding Dan. no just kidding. just kidding yeah no you made it you paid the bill um <clears throat> but no i think it's awesome so um yeah i mean again it's uh it's always cool to be able to go back so but uh, i think that brings us to the uh five miss here huh coach
1: Absolutely, and Trevor, you lead us off. What do you got for number one?
0: So, yeah, this week I actually got to be, uh, you know, got to take off and get to choose the ones that I want to use for once. Uh, so, again, we have to find this this week of uh, hockey products, um, whether it's how you're using them, you know, what you're using, what you buy, this, this, and that. Um, you know, I, I think the first myth is that hockey products are a one-size-fit-all, and by that I think, um, you know, when when each player, you know, Everybody's got to have like everything, you know. Like, oh, this, you know, as I talked about earlier, like the wagon wheels, like it's not, a, it's not really a hockey product, but um, you know, maybe you're using that for, you know, that or like an orange weighted puck. Maybe you're just using it just to teach better mechanics. Like you're, you can you do, do and use those tools for different things. It doesn't have to be for just one singular thing. And I think that's where, um, I mean, again, you talked about the passers, but. Even those, like I know goalie coaches that use those things for, you know, rebounds. They shoot it right off those things and they're, you know, it's, yeah, okay, if the kid's good at geometry, he might figure out the angles a little bit quicker. But, um, you know, I think, I think everything doesn't have to always be like, again, putting, you know, just perfectly got to be used this way. I mean, finding different stuff, different ways to use stuff is always fantastic and can be used for multiple different reasons. And those are really the best products, I think.
1: I couldn't agree more. I, I think that uh, you know sometimes the DIY, doing it yourself, uh, can create a, a real value as well. Like a kid can have some you know ownership over what they're making instead of you buying them. If they get every gift at Christmas underneath the sun, they don't play with any of them. Right. But if they get one or two, they really value them.
0: Right, right. No, definitely. So what do you got for number two, Coach?
1: Keeping up with the Joneses. So Good people. Uh, it's kind of very similar to what, what you, you said, but... Uh, if you're looking down the street and being like, "Well, wow, that kid has a great shot or he has those new pants or he has those new use those new gloves or new skates, it doesn't always make it doesn't make you a better player no. um the focus should be on your particular game and how you can make yourself a better hockey player um I have seen so many kids um get new rollerblades or new skates, and it doesn't do anything for their game unless you use them so I would say that uh you know." kids, if you're listening to this, um, you know, cut your parents some slack. You don't need, <laughs> or their checkbooks the, of some slack. <laughs> <laughs> their parents or their bank account, yeah. a little slack. You don't need the next, the, a brand new thing every season. Um, you can, you can settle for what you have, make the most of it. And it, the more you practice, that's going to make you better. Not a new piece of equipment.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. It's a, uh, it's one of those things where again, it's, you know, I mean, that's why they make the money they do by it with all those ads and stuff, all the new stuff. But, I mean, unless you're the top one percent, really, it, certain things are not going to make a huge difference. Um, you know, just because so and so skate weighs three grams less does not mean, you know, your all of a sudden he's a faster kid. I mean, it's, it's how you use it too, and even still, like most of the kids, like you're not going to even get the most out of it. So, uh, I agree. With, you know, again, help we, mom again. We dad. Had
1: one, one thing. I one one parent showed me this summer. I, in my garage, we were doing a, a session with him and his son, uh, and their team did a hockey shot challenge. And I think we talked about it on an early podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had an app in which yep. he was kind of—they were competing with their team against each other—and uh, I was kind of amazed because he, w- he was showing me his weekly progress and those kind of things where they're a little bit accountable with one another, um, even though that's not a particular like uh, a product that you're actually like uh, you're using um, to improve you know, your shot, or whatever. But it's, it's an application that. Um, when when utilized can make a big difference and you know he he had like 10,000 shots this summer and a little kid named Chase Clulia I'll give a shout out to him he's, he's made a great jump in his game this summer just by doing it himself and working hard on it so and, that's pretty cool
0: and again I mean back in the day before we had cell phones what would you use instead? I mean you would be writing it down in, on your own well now I mean the accessibility of these things and just uh, so much easy point of use just it makes it so much easier for kids to do and for anybody to do you know absolutely except I got all these damn notes open with, like, checklists that I never, ever complete. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, I think the number three, um, you know, I maybe could have probably passed this off to, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna save number three. I'm going to save it for number five. I'm going to switch number five and number three because I can because okay. this is our show. not Nobody else's.
1: Absolutely. Well, it
0: might be. You know, never mind. Uh, so, yeah. So, number three here is uh, coaches who use toys Or products on the ice are better than those who don't i find that um and again this kind of goes back to our typical like oh yeah skills coaches this and that like i'm not gonna well bash you guys for as long as i want but um because again it's our show um but uh you know i think i don't think it's necessary to always have you know you know coaches that are using as we talked about before like resistant bands and this and that like You know, you can be perfectly fine just having a kid apply resistance by, you know, by being pushed or by being pulled. If you're even needing tools whatsoever, um, you know, the ones that got, you know, they go, oh, we're going to stick handle under the stick, you know, like the little stick mount that they have. Like, again, it's I think it all just depends on the application. But I really don't think, you know, I know I know some really bad coaches that use those like use tools. And they don't even use them correctly, and I that the kids don't get anything out of. Them. And I've seen some really good coaches who don't use anything of that nature, who get more out of their kids. So I don't think as like as parents, I don't think it's something we should. Or I'm not a parent, so I don't know. How to say we well, I know, but I don't know. To say we, but um, I don't think as adults we need to look at. Well, this coach is using this tool. This coach is using that. Like I don't it's the application itself so i don't think we should hold it against people now if the coach is using something that's working really well um you know like we talked about before you know the, the you know the power Edge pro stuff um like if you're using something like that and you're using it correctly like it's great you know but you know if you're just using it to stick handle around like okay it's still good but you know it, it, everything's got its reasons got its behind th- reasons behind it i think it's just I think we put too much on, well, this coach does all this, this, and that. And a lot of it's just for show. Like, they don't even know what the hell they're doing. Like, put a tire out there. It's the same damn thing.
1: Yeah, I would say um, it's it's more about what you're communicating than what you're communicating with.
0: Right, yeah.
1: You know, that's it's more important the information you're relaying to a kid when you're trying to teach a drill or have them, give them pointers on what they're doing wrong or right uh, rather than just, you know, I can use my mouth and tell them what they're doing. I don't need to draw it up on a draw race board or or, or use a use a uh, app or my phone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, an can iPad. Just use, nothing wrong with the basics, you know.
0: Right. No, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's what I got coach. We got number four.
1: Number four. If you build it, they will come. All right. If you build it, they will come. Great movie, by the way. It I is love that love. Fuel of dreams is one of the top top ten. Maybe top five sports movies, but one of my top top ten favorite movies.
0: Absolutely, 100%. I've been there. I don't know about you, but I've actually been there. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't remember it well enough. I was really young, but uh, my uh, grandparents took myself and went and saw some extended family out there when I was much younger, probably like nine or ten, and I didn't really understand at the time, and now I'm looking back and I'm like, it was so cool. My grandfather actually, there's pictures of him somewhere where it's like him slowly walking into the cornfield. Yeah, like, like. I don't know. They took like five pictures and each one he's just getting deeper and deeper in the cornfield. We haven't seen him since, but it's a great pictures.
1: <laughs> now, how far is that from <laughs> Chicago? Is that like a, a thing you could drive to?
0: Yeah. I, I, honestly, I think it's like, God, I think it's probably like three, within three, really?
1: th- three oh, out, amazing. four
0: hour stops. Yeah. And you'd think, man, what has Trevor been doing all summer? Yeah. Not going to Field of Dreams. That's what I should have been doing. So, all right. But yeah, back to, back to hockey. So,
1: <laughs> so I have this nasty habit. I have this nasty habit. If I go to a bookstore... Uh, because like my wife's like, Oh, let's go to the bookstore. I'll buy a book and I'll never read it. It'll sit on the counter. But if I'm excited about something and I buy the book, I'll read it.
0: Yeah. So
1: if you build it, they will come. What I meant by that is like, don't just buy a bunch of stuff for your kids. Let them ask you to buy it for them. Yep. If they ask you to buy it for them, they're probably going to use it. But if you, if you just like, Oh, I got you this new hockey sauce thing for Christmas Oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah. Cool. Is, is yeah, there, yeah. Like, so, like, there has to be a connection to the product before they're going to use it, I think. Uh, that's just my personal experience.
0: No, and I, I we've had uh, when the Super Deeker, I know I keep saying that, but that's like really the big product that I just remember the players talking about the most. Um, it was, a, it was a family that I coached. They had those three kids. They were actually all triplets, so imagine that hockey bill. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's all they talked about was, oh, I really wanted the Super D-Crew. I really Super I want the Super You know, this will be – like, they wanted it before they even got it. And, you know, it, got, it came from Santa. But uh, – so Santa did a good job. But, like, the parents told me, like, all, all the kids – all they did all day was just use it. Like, as soon as they unwrapped it, it was just – they never, like – they just – one after the other was just going using that thing. That's so. really cool. And I agree. Like, if the kid wants it, yeah, go for it. Like, you know, if they don't want it, then it's not something they're interested in. It's going to take them a little bit, you know, longer to get into. But, all right, so number five, which was number three, but I'm changing it back and doing my own thing, remix style. So, uh, you need hockey products to succeed. Um, And I I don't believe that's true. And, you know, some things, obviously, you need hockey equipment to succeed. Um, But, you know, if you don't have... Again, you don't have a super deeker, you're gonna be okay. Um, if you don't have, you know, a a Franklin hockey ball, a tennis ball will work just as fine. You know, it's amazing that the people are still able to get better at diff- you know, the sport, and they don't have all these fancy dancy, you know, these tools or toys or whatever. You know, um, you definitely need to get some Mister Lemon Wax, okay, hockey wax, but um outside of that though i mean product wise um and that residual check better be coming in the mail. um <laughs> you know product wise we just want to you know you don't have to always have all those things it doesn't make you a, as we've talked about before a better or worse player it, let me phrase it, it can make you a better player some of them can if you're using them correctly but it's not gonna really stunt you and again as you said you know if the kids really want it you know like if they go out and make their own stuff like if they make their own you know obstacle course for stick handling or if they make their own little you know power edge pro like dangle you know doing that stuff that works too like or you don't have to there's plenty of drills you can do on your own shooting pucks every day does not you know you don't need <clears throat> anything special besides a net and pucks you don't even need a net you can get a garbage yeah. can you know make sure it's not your mom and dad's favorite one um you know but you can get a you can get by it with very little stuff i mean again look at all the pros that have gone through the game and um you just need you know a stick and ice you know or a sticker you know a driveway so i just think i, uh, I think i think sometimes we just get too much as uh you know everybody thinks you need this you need that and everybody sells stuff as you said you know before like the messier helmet like oh it's concussion proof well, yeah I'd, like i said i'd love to see how much they're paying after all the lawsuits well my kid now you know he didn't used to look this way, but now he, you know, he, you know, he has to walk backwards um, just to get somewhere. So, like, you know, again, I think this can be overrated for a lot of stuff. So, uh,
1: well, I'm going to show you a picture real quick. You'll see it on the thing, maybe. Or maybe we'll post this somewhere. Um, I think my kid might have got concussed at camp last week. Because, look at this. My wife said... He woke, up this morning, right, he woke up this morning he woke up this morning got himself dressed and he put his shirt on backwards and it's a collared shirt so he's got the buttons down the back like
0: well you, you guys know. need to turn that Messier helmet back in because that's not working out right now
1: the Messier helmet failed him for sure
0: <laughs> kudos for him for getting him to try to get himself dressed but uh yeah well hey you know what they get uh the, yeah <laughs> I won't. no that's uh that's awesome that's great
1: crisscross remember that group remember that group back in the day uh yeah
0: sure
1: no you don't come <clears> on i had that song like uh in like 1990 91 they, they they wore all their clothes backwards though called crisscross
0: i do i do know who you're talking about only because the of little, that little kids. yes i do remember that now i couldn't tell you the song but i do know exactly what you're talking about
1: daddy yep. mack will make it Joe Joe. Chris Carlos will make it
0: Uh, well alright that's episode 20 (laughs) before we get everybody get ourselves off the I'm not allowed to record anymore so Uh, yeah so for uh, Hockey Toolkit I am uh, Trevor DiCarlo
1: I'm Andrew Trimble
0: hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you guys uh, next time